Welcome, friends, to the Ink to Film podcast, where we read the book and then see the movie. I'm writer Luke Elliott. And I'm filmmaker James Bailey. And this week we are back with another bonus episode being released to the main feed, a From the Vault episode. Um, this one dating back to August of 2020 when we covered Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah, if I remember correctly, directed by Mary Lambert, who directed the first Pet Cemetery in 1989 or something like that. Right, which was another bonus thing we did on Patreon, but is now on the main feed as well. Uh, because for the for the, our actual coverage, we did the new Pet Cemetery, but this kind of rounded it out because I, I think uh, a lot of people remember this movie, and uh, it was it was definitely an interesting one to talk about. Um, I won't spoil it. Definitely listen to it. I felt like we had fun with this one, though, if memory serves. Uh, do you want to share why we are releasing another bonus episode uh, from the Vault episode and not doing uh, the next Emma episode, which is what is on, on deck? <laughs> sure, yeah. We are going to get to that next week, but uh, this week and really this half of this month and maybe more, um, I've been filming on a feature film that I'm really excited about. Can't wait to see where it goes. I've had so much fun and it's using new technology and, and like kind of cutting edge stuff. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. That's cool, man. Uh, so I do want to give a quick plug for our Patreon because our Emma coverage we're doing right now, uh, and I think I forgot to mention this last episode, was the selection of our patrons. It won the poll. We have a suggestion post right now that anyone um, can view. If you sign up for Patreon, you can comment on it. Once you comment on it, and you don't have to pay anything to comment on it, but you do have to sign up, I think, um, if I'm understanding this correctly. But you can comment suggestions, um, and then people can vote on it. And we're going to use that pool to uh, determine our polls for the future, for this year at least, I think, for the for the following page, uh, quarterly polls. And once we go to that quarterly poll selection, we'll take like the top three or four titles that have the most votes... Um, and we will put that on a final poll that will be voted on by patrons. Um, that was how Emma got selected, and that was will be how the next one gets selected. So if you're if you're dying to have us talk about something in particular, um, that would be the best way to do it. We also record monthly bonus episodes like the one you're about to hear, uh, but up to date. And uh, those are on, over on there. And uh, we are about to record one on Andy Weir's short story, The Egg. And the two sort of adaptations we were able to find on it, um, which are both short film type deals. Um, very cool story. Uh, we haven't talked about it yet, so I can't tell you what that's going to be like. But if you want to hear that as soon as it comes out, that's the best way to do it. Okay. And enjoy Pet Cemetery 2. This week we're talking about Pet Cemetery 2, directed by Mary Lambert. Yep. And I'm just going to start by saying this movie's wacky. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I I had a quite an experience with this. I mean, I guess it, it does remind me a little bit of the first Pet Cemetery because that movie was out there too. Um, the the original, you know, this is the sequel to the nineteen eighties uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, and yeah, this movie is like, you know, now you wanted dead animals, now we got more dead animals. You wanted blood, uh, now we many. got more blood. You want d- dead people, we got even more dead people. It's like yep. everything is just cranked and and over the top. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Faster and more intense. Yeah. That's what they wanted with this movie. I'm sure that was a lot of direction. Yeah, you wanted a dead cat? Now we got a ton of dead kittens, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And a ton of dead Honestly, rabbits. like, the, the animal, any animal lover should not watch this movie. Because, like, it was the, tough. like, I, yeah, I like 
animals a lot. I'm a big animal, but like I feel like I'm not the person to say like I'm going to turn the movie off. But this movie was really off putting, especially the first like half or so. Oh man, there's a lot I, of I, dead I wrote animals. In my notes. Yeah, I yeah, was like euthanizing a, one of the dogs in the beginning was just brutal. I was like, God damn, they're just doing this to hurt us. It's yeah, not right at the really, start. We're going to yeah. start off with uh, a vet euthanizing an animal, which like I know that it is kind of in keeping with Pet Cemetery. Like Pet Cemetery had that stuff, but it just was yeah. like. It was like handled with a certain level, and and now I'm referring to the book. It was handled with a certain level of care. Like Stephen King knew he was hitting, like he was hitting hard. He's like, these are big emotional haymakers I'm throwing, um, but I'm going to do them with intention. This was just like we're going to come out swinging from the jump, you know. You, well, there's you're, a story. <laughs> there's a story reason to do it, you know, like exactly. to, set, to set up some of that stuff. And there was just a euthanizing of a, of a dog, an old dog, and they were like, it was a really sad scene where they were saying like, you know, he lived a long, great life, and you're just like, there's this is never going to play a part in this movie, yeah. and it didn't. It was, you know, it established the fact that this guy's a vet, but he could have well, been a vet not euthanizing a dog. Yeah, I mean, okay, so we should say like this movie is not very good. Um, it has like some moments. If you're really into the Pet Cemetery story, like it could be worth checking out. Um, but you know, we're going to spoil the hell out of it as we talk about it. Um, but ultimately, like, yeah, I don't really recommend this movie for just like your average moviegoer or even mm-hmm. your average horror fan, unless you're c- really curious about it. Um, yeah, there were several parts I wanted to say uh, where I would have turned this movie off, which is weird for me because I'm not normally the kind of person who would do that. Like, like we talked right. about, like I would probably go through it, even though I'm a huge animal lover. But yeah, they, it was like they were daring you to like. They're like you're gonna turn this off now, right? <laughs> it was like, can, yeah, it was like, can you handle this? Are you like they were like trying to, and that's a lot of the movie, like a lot of the sex. There's a rape scene, a yeah. lot of the gore. It's all just like how shocking and how intense can you handle? And like it feels yeah. very of the time in that way. Yeah, it was. Um, it's it, it's interesting because it came out in, what ninety two. We were talking about ninety two. Yeah, and um, it it does feel like that early nineties wave where it seemed like they were trying to take things that were being done in the 80s and see if they could, like, do it just even more. Like, everything about it is just even more. I'm thinking about, like, Total Recall that we covered. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Total Recall is actually a good movie, <laughs> whereas this is this is not, in my opinion. But there's, like, a similar, like, effort to just do the stuff that you've seen before at a level in which you've never imagined possible um it's it's full like gore and shock and and everything yeah uh i was ready to the the first half of this movie i was like this is so forgettable i'll i will never remember any of these details this is gonna fade from my memory really quickly yeah and i'll give them credit like they they made it weird enough in the second half for me to remember it like it's it's fucking weird and and like it, 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 it didn't see a lot of the things coming. Some of the scenes that happened are, yeah, just bonkers. I mean, I don't know yeah. how else to describe it. So so I guess if that's interesting to you, then maybe you'd want to check it out. An interesting um, Clancy Brown role as Gus, the cop. Like, I think, like, he got to really ham it up and be, like, the oh, ultimate yeah. villain bad guy and do all this crazy shit, like, torture, kill kids and, Fucking and shoots kill a dog. animals. Like he and he's like mur- he's like ripping the ripping heads off rabbits of fur off of yeah just madness. I don't even want like I'm kind of scared to ask if you did any research into the behind the scenes because like I almost don't want to know because like there were scenes where they were like whenever they were touching the dog I was like don't touch that dog to like the actor <laughs> like I'm like don't right. you dare touch that dog because it looked like they were just like being rough with that animal 
You know, yeah. like when they would go to put him up on the table and stuff or, or you know, anytime the Gus character was interacting with the like actual dog, he would like grab him by the neck. And I was like, damn, yeah. they're being really fucking rough with that dog. So I definitely don't think they were being nice to animals, but I think there were certain steps that were taken because I know that like some of the dogs were trained. They they had some like specifically. Um, what's the moment? Uh, they had the dog trained to like re- recoil, like sort of act like it was getting hurt by something when it clearly they're not hurting it to, to incite that reaction. Okay. But, um, but then again, all the other stuff that you see, there's stuff that you see that's like blatantly obvious they're doing it to, to animals. And I don't know if it's like the time, but I know I, I will say like sort of more, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess like I can see like an old timey and this isn't, you know, this is the nineties. So it's not that old timey, but I can see like I mean, an it's older 30 generation years ago now. I can see an older generation being like rougher with animals, like grab the grab them by the scruff of the neck and oh, like sure. grab you know the stuff yeah. like that. So, I, like, I'm not saying any of it's forgiven in any way, but like, I feel like even uh, there were other movies at the time that were treating animals the same way, which isn't isn't good and by today's standards is bad. But um, I mean, it's it's bad by any standards. But I I see what you're getting at. I mean, it's just rough to watch though. In right. My opinion. They weren't hurt. I, I would I would say like from what I could find no animals were actually hurt and and like but then again i don't know if it was reported you know <laughs> right, i don't know yeah, what. like how that's what they said i don't know man it's tough to see like you're looking at it on the screen and you're like i'm seeing what they're actually doing to this dog right now or to right. this cat yeah. and it doesn't look great uh i mean I, I remember there was there was a scene where the one bully kid was um he was riding the bike and he was going like really fast and he was holding the kitten in like one hand like by the scruff I was like, that's a real kitten for sure. And this guy's really holding it in one hand while he's on this bike. Like, it just seems dangerous, man. Oh, yeah. Moments like that. I like I was thinking about when when that same bully shows up on the dirt bike later and then the other kid is on his bike. Yeah, they have shots that are like tracking shots that are going with clearly the camera and everything's on on a car in front of them. But they're like slamming into each other and then they get far enough from the camera to where you can see like there's no sort of platforms or anything that they're sitting on. Like they're actually slamming into each other and stuff. And I'm like, those were the actors because you see their face and stuff. And like, you know, maybe they made it to look faster than they were actually going. But like there's like on a dirt bike and a a bicycle slamming into each other and stuff like all kinds of like safety. It looked like a very physical set for sure. uh, Shoot for sure. Um, What is the name of that actor, by the way? I think he plays Jeff. Um, he is he is the Terminator Two kid. It's just the only yeah. thing I could assign him in my. In yeah, my I mean, as soon as as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Holy shit, Terminator 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah. His name is Edward Furlong. Okay, Edward Furlong. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you know where this falls? Like, is this before or after Terminator Two? No, no, it was after Terminator Two. So they were capitalizing on the on the. That's what. Okay. That's sort of why they went with him. It's interesting because his performance reminds me of uh, of how like he's kind of. He, I don't know, like, he he ends up winning you over in that movie, Terminator 2, I'm talking about. But I remember it, he, he always seemed kind of whiny, and, and, like, sometimes the emotional beats felt a little off, but then you mm-hmm. kind of, like, make it out to be that's just how the character is or something. Like, you can kind of forgive it and, and make it make work, make it work. But it is, like, on full display in this movie. Like, his emotional beats just felt way off to me. And then there were some so, yeah. really rough scenes with the, with the kids acting with each other that I just yeah. didn't believe at all. Yeah, totally. The uh, I don't know. There's something about the like almost nonstop like brooding because yeah. I know he's hurt because he lost his mother, and I get that. But then the brooding turns into like 
evil or something like near the end of the, the movie like, that, the jeff character i don't know what the fuck happens with him at the end of the movie he yeah. goes off the deep end he starts like he they, he starts having him do this like smile like weird smile all the time and he I, yeah i guess it's supposed to be creepy but i guess he, i guess i i like we're, we're we're meant to think that he's brooding so much he's already on the edge yeah. And then, you know, this, like, losing his friend, which, again, children dying, like, I, I get that that's a Stephen King thing, but these were, like, these weren't, like, Georgie dying in, like, it, you know, like, these were kind of yeah. different scenes, like, yeah. a full-on car crash killed a wife, like, a, a mother and, and a child, and I was like, <laughs> I couldn't what believe the that <laughs> There's stuff that happens in this movie that I can't believe happens. I could, I was shocked. Oh, was we like, should okay. say, by the way, I think we're getting well into it, we forgot to say, this is our uh, bonus episode number 27, covering mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery 2. Um, thank you for being patrons. We really appreciate it, especially this year with all the crazy shit going on in the world and in America and specifically, um, if you're an American patron, um, thank you so much for sticking with us through all this and, and to any new patrons for joining us. Um, it really means a lot and it, it does help the, the show continue. I mean, it's, it's the, our lifeblood at this point. It really is. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. You're, you know, you're our foundation here. Thanks for <laughs> sticking with us. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about Mary Lambert and and you mentioned Jeff and as the you know the main character. Mm-hmm. In an interview Mary Lambert commented that the real reason she wanted to make this sequel was I really wanted to get into the idea of what goes on in a teenage boy's head on why they do stupid things because that's the kind of stupid thing a teenage boy would do. Lewis Creed buries his son because an int- because of an intense desire, a feeling of guilt that it's his fault that the boy died, but Edward Furlong's character brings Clancy Brown in Pet Cemetery because he's a teenage boy and he's stupid. For teenage boys, the blood is not going to their brain; it's going somewhere else. And I was like, <laughs> it seems a little reductive, but okay. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, I, I was like, so, so you want to make a uh, a movie around a stupid character exactly. and stupid actions? Like, are, are is an audience going to buy into yeah. this with you? We're going to make a movie about a stupid character doing stupid things. Uh, that yeah. don't make any sense, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what this is. And, and I, ca- I actually have a note at one point where I'm like, who is the main character of this movie? Because I couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be Jeff, if it was supposed to be his father, was it supposed to be uh, the son of, or the stepson of Gus? Like, I, I, yeah, I at I different know. points in time, I sort of empathize with all of them. But also, all of them are do terrible shit. Like, that makes me not like them at all. And And then they also just, like, come and go from the narrative as far as, like, feeling like we're who, close yeah. to them. So mm-hmm. I, I felt really disconnected from the story, and I really struggled to get into that for that reason because I, I couldn't root for anybody or empathize with anybody or relate to anybody. And I'm not saying you have to do that in every movie. Well, yeah. But I, I, I want to do, like, one of those things for somebody. Right. Right. I think um, you were saying, like, you kind of empathize with all of them. And I, I think that really encapsulates how I felt about it. Like, yeah, like, I kind, kind of, of empathize with... Really, a, a, but, well, this is the thing. <laughs> At different times, I empathize with people yeah. for different reasons. But there's not enough of one character for me. Like, like basically, there's not enough good in any characters or or enough of an interesting arc going on in any of the characters for me to latch on to. So it's kind of just like a, a, like a clusterfuck. Like, it's just like a lot of characters doing a lot yeah. of weird things. Well, and, and they were trying to do... There's this, like, subplot of, like, a high school drama playing out. Right. But... If I don't like any of the people involved, it it really struggles. To, I really struggle to to uh, I don't know be interested in it. And then the bully mm-hmm. was so over the top. Uh, you know, like the first time we meet the bully, he's like snatching the kitten and running off, and like just the lines were so cheesy and over the top. And I know all of these characters have like 
a certain resemblance to a Stephen King character you might get. <laughs> you know, there's like a little bit of a Henry Bowers going on. But it's just it's just not earned in in the way that King does with those characters usually, you know? Yeah. This movie, um, I did feel a lot like they were just trying to do the greatest hits of Stephen King and like mm-hmm. bring back Pet Cemetery. And it, this movie feels so of the generation that they were making this movie not to be like a big theater smash hit or anything. They made this for kids and teenagers who were going to watch it on VHS in their house. Yeah. You know? That's and so that's why they were like... It, honestly. Yeah, and that's why they went in. They were like, these all these kids are gonna watch this at a sleepover. So yeah. like go hardcore with the nudity, with the with yep. the gore, with the like like just go hardcore with everything. Yep. And they're gonna walk away saying, like, that was the craziest movie I've ever seen. Well, and and whenever at this point, whenever I hear something that uh is gonna is like directly related to Halloween and a horror movie, I'm like, they're trying mm-hmm. to tap into that audience, right? Like they want this to become a horror staple that will be played, you know, on Halloween. It probably came out near yeah. Halloween for all I know. Probably. Oh, so I wanted to ask, is this the same director from the first Pet Cemetery? It is, which okay. is interesting. So there's that consistency in so. director, but there's not like, and, and I will give credit where credit's due. This movie, um, it didn't feel like they skimped on it. Like they, there were like large shots that would be like sweeping and yeah. there were shots that surprised me in this movie. I agree. I, I had a note where I said, it's not like this movie is necessarily poorly directed i right. just kind of disagree with the decisions that were made in the story but like there was there was stuff that looked good and, and like i found myself feeling nostalgic for this time period in my life because like i was approximately this kid's age maybe a little bit younger i guess um in in, in the early 90s so mm-hmm. this like felt super familiar for me and was like a, a nostalgia trip and and you don't really get that unless you are shooting something pretty well right yeah. I mean, uh, there's obvious moments of like effects not working and like some of the acting is like sort of stale. Like, For oh, my sure. God, the 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 actor, the actress death scene in the beginning of the movie where she's getting shocked <laughs> was was and a, what a way to open a movie. Like, that's how you're going to open up your movie <laughs> with like, a, like kill the mom, kill a dog, kill, like, they're just yeah. killing everything at the start of the movie. But it was so comical. It felt like a cartoon. Like they were like, oh, it's there's a pool of water on the ground and we knocked over the electricity and it's going to shock everybody. Yeah, I wanted to ask you how you felt about that because it's like a movie set, right? And then it's like they keep setting up like they're showing this fucking generator like sitting in a pool of water and there's water pouring on all the people on set. And uh, I don't know. Was it? I mean, everything was like over the top and ham handed, I guess. It's like this isn't a subtle movie. And I guess it's, it's almost not fair to try and say like it should have been more subtle because like that's not what they were going for. This movie knew yeah. what it was. Right. I mean, it, like anytime I think every filmmaker wants to put a scene of filmmaking in their movie. You know yeah. what I mean? So so given the opportunity, that's what you're going to write. You write what you know. So they're so going to write. That was her like, making fun of like movie, like movie probably, making process. Probably something like that. Maybe not even making fun. Maybe just like having a, you know, having a scene that, that they felt was fun. Cause, yeah, having fun, I guess, is a better way to put it. Yeah. Right. I, I've said before, like I, I enjoy it as a movie fan. Like I like to see, I like to see the self-awareness. Like I like to mm-hmm. see the, the filmmaker at least be interested in film. Like, I love a filmmaker who loves film. So anytime that you can be like, oh, I want to put the thing I love into a movie and it's kind of meta in that way. Were you were fun, you like, like empathizing with the guy under the set, like getting water rained on him? You're like, no, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I felt bad for him, I would say. But yeah, the, that that was such a like, like, like I said, cartoonish set. Like it's it's like, yeah. it's not really like that unless you're on some like janky, weird set that like isn't you know not union and it's like under the table and that kind of stuff like you're not going to see stuff like that go down yeah really 
But yeah, that was that looked like a bigger production, you know. That well, looked like a, it was called like Haunted Castle Two or something, right? Like I yeah. feel like they were trying to be over the top on purpose. When they yeah. started the scene, the movie with it, I'm like, this has to be fake because there's no way this is like in fiction that she was walking down. Yeah, it, but it, it, like it could have been by the end of this, like it could have been because this movie gets yeah wild. Uh, what if yeah? What if they had opened and sort of been like the reason for the pet cemetery, and they did like a whole historic element to like set it all up and everything. Yeah, like to show like why the land is cursed and why the Native Americans and also just a dated thing that was like rough every time is every time they said Indian instead of Native mm-hmm. American was rough. Yeah. And I was just like, Ugh. yeah, part <laughs> of that is like, I feel like we've learned. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it was people knew back then, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things. It's just like certain terms are like at a certain point, we all kind of agree. That's not really what we're going to say anymore. And then it just goes away. And that hadn't really happened at that point. Culture you know, for, just understands people. at some point, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there were movies like Indian in the Cupboard and stuff that were coming out yeah. around the same time as this. So yeah, it's just true. like I think it's like I don't think people are being, you know, hateful. It was just sort of oblivious yeah. or like how not how aware. weird is it that the vet in this movie uh, has like a, a like a housekeeper? Uh, he drives around in like a like a animal van. He he'll like come do house calls. Like the 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 depiction of what a vet what the vet does and what their life is like seemed really <laughs> out of touch with reality. This is a vet from like 1820. This is a vet <laughs> that does like house calls and stuff. Like I, there are vets who do that. But sure. Like, but he like drives up in his van <laughs> at like the middle of the night. Like he's an ambulance driver who's shown yeah. up to like treat the dog at one point. And then he's like, will you take the dog home and care for him? And he's like, sure. Like what? Yeah. Vets don't take yeah. dogs home and care for them for people. What mm-hmm. are you talking about? So, Oh, I, before I forget this, Mary Lambert, uh, said that the original concept for the film would have involved Ellie Creed as the central character, the only survivor from the first film. Uh, but Paramount wasn't confident in having a um, a teenage girl lead the film, so they uh, wrote the new story with new characters and a male protagonist. Um, but the references were there, right? Like they kept yeah. wanting to to drop in, like, oh, and then Ellie, you know, the only survivor, and then can you believe Creed did this? And yeah, she went mad, and she like was in an asylum or something, right? And uh, yeah, and she she hacked up her grandparents or something, and like all this stuff. And I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. Why don't we see any of that? <laughs> yeah, right. That's why apparently studio. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. So I wanted to touch on something you said earlier about how this was like Stephen King greatest hits. I definitely felt that way. There's there's a scene that I felt like it was a direct homage to The Shining, right? Like he he, he literally busts his he busts through oh, a door, totally. shoves his head in, and says something. He doesn't say you know here's Johnny, but he basically says a quippy line. And anytime that happens in a movie, I'm like that's a reference to The Shining. And you're also doing a Stephen King sequel, so like it has to be. Well, not even, and that's not even to mention that you're also as a filmmaker referencing Kubrick at that point, you know what I right. mean? So like as much as Stephen King wants to distance himself from that adaptation, the shining adaptation, one of the most iconic things is of Stephen King's work that's been adapted is that. So it's funny. Yeah. I mean, like I appreciated the reference and I, I'm sure for that time it was, it was like a lot more, it hadn't been done completely to death mm-hmm. like it has now. Um, so I appreciate it for what it was. So I think it, it leads me to a larger point I wanted to make. Cause like we've done a few of these, um, adaptation sequels now where it's it's a sequel to a movie that wasn't an adaptation but the sequel is not adapted from anything it's just a sequel to that so like we did like Jaws 2 was an example of this right mm-hmm. uh, the thing right like that I guess that's kind of a sequel though I guess it's more of a prequel but again it was it was sort of not um, the a direct adaptation and, and it is right. play, it does play into the point I'm trying to make it feels like 
they are just doing this like echo. It's like we're going to make a movie that is this kind of hollow echo of the first movie that was so iconic. Yeah. When I see stuff like this, it's just diminishing returns. Like you're yeah. you're asking for diminishing returns. You want people to the nostalgia. You want the name recognition and and like you know you're going to get diminishing returns, but you want to make it because of the the they're going to put butts in seats. Just the recognition. Now, part of that is I think a sequel problem, right? Like a sequel to any big movie might have this issue, but mm-hmm. it can be it can be it can be overcome. I do yeah. think there's something to to be said for the fact that it's an adaptation sequel. Because um, when I go see an adaptation, it feels in a weird way like the book is the soul of the thing I'm seeing, like if to, metaphorically, see you yeah. know, like maybe it looks way different, yet, you know, deep in there somewhere, there's this material that is at its core in some way, and it's being reflected mm-hmm. through the adaptation. And when you make a sequel that has no source material, you just get this like hollow echo. And to me, it feels kind of soulless. And I felt that way with this movie. Like when it's doing all these huge things, um, it didn't feel earned, and it felt like it was it was almost like mean. It was like they were trying to like shock you or offend you, and it didn't feel like there was any sort of heart to any of this. Whereas I I still kind of felt that in Pet Cemetery, as as much as that yeah. is a super dark King story, there's some heart there still. I think um, what it ultimately comes down to is like understanding the story you want to tell. I think in this case, they didn't have necessarily a super strong story to tell. It was more just that they wanted, like you said, they wanted to give more of the same. Well, and there's all these beats that echo to the first time, right? Like they always do that. And imagine like imagine a Pet Cemetery sequel that is like a deconstruction of the first one. I think that would, you know what I mean? Like if you're if you're doing the same thing and just echoing you know, like I said, you're going to get diminishing returns, but that, you know, you can make something that's a sequel that does sort of things differently, surprises you, subverts expectations, that sort of thing. And like that, you know, I don't think this movie did that at all. I think it was basically just like, let's take the the overall framework of, of King's story and then maybe try to do some different stuff at the end. Yeah, it's like if they're going to subvert your expectations, they're doing it in the opposite way you would think by making it just more extreme. Um, because if yeah. I had predicted what this movie was going to be like, it would have been a lot like this, you know, um, I, if I had to like outline it, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably going to hit a lot of the same beats. It's going to be way over the top. It's going to be a lot more intense. There's going to be more of it. And it's going to be more graphic. All of that is true. And the way that it's different is just that it's more bonkers, I guess, is some of the, the more surprising stuff. It's just like how weird the emotional notes are, um, how the characters behave so bizarrely. Um, all of that stuff, I guess, was was kind of different. Yeah, like um, early on, they really want you to think that the mother dies and then the kid is going to bring the mother back right away. Yeah. Um, and, it's, you know, I think that was like the only subversion they really did from the first story. Because like, like in the first story, you're bringing the thing that die- the person or the thing that die- or the animal that dies is being brought back. And then this is basically just like everything's going to die and who's going to be brought back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was like when the when the kid and, and his mom died in the car crash, I was like, well, are they going to get brought back? You know, like I just... They, that was like sort of their their main thing is like you know kill a bunch of people yeah bring some of them back and almost everybody does get brought back <laughs> yeah uh so i i think jaws 2 is a great example of what i'm talking about and and i was thinking about that movie a lot for this movie too and then it uh, i thought there was a fun sort of connection where uh one of the one of the uh zombies at the end 
essentially gets killed by shoving an electric wire in its mouth, which is the same way that the Jaws 2 shark gets killed. Yeah, so that true. was a funny, like, apparently if you make a, you know, a sequel to an iconic movie, although I don't know, was Pet Cemetery 1 iconic? Maybe. But still, like, the, the fact that you're going to kill the main villain with a big electric cable to the mouth, I don't know. I don't know if that was a reference or anything. I actually don't know where this movie came out in relation to Jaws 2. But anyway, I just thought it was funny. I would think, I would think Jaws 2 would have come out first. But I can't remember the date on it anymore because Jaws came out so much before Pet yeah, Cemetery 1. But you never know. Yeah, you're right. It had to have come out before this, right? <laughs> anyway. Massive. But yeah, ex- electrocuting. I think that was also sort of a horror trope that's gone away for sure. But like electrocuting things was like the sure way to kill it. It's like yeah. you can't burn it. You can't do this and that. For some reason, electrocution will do it. Because it's got the like veneer of technology or something maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What about all the tox- taxidermied animals in this? Like, there was a scene with the pug eyes getting popped out, and I'm like, I think that's is that a real is that a real taxidermied body of a dog that I'm looking at right now? Because I don't probably know that. it probably yeah was. I think they were. Um, and was, I, I mean, remember I, when he was carrying the dog out to bury it? I was like, yeah. that looks like a real fucking dog. Like, I'm like, they didn't make that. It, it must have been a taxidermied animal, but it was so loose. It wasn't like stiff like I'd expect one. I'm not sure. I, I or think like, um, they knock the dog out and have him carry it. No, it, no way they did that. I'm pretty sure that was. A f- I'm pretty sure it was a fake dog. Like I, I don't know. They didn't it show it. Pretty the, real. The, the, it was, but may- maybe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about because this, this was something that that stuck with me with all the adapt all the versions of the story is um I still think we haven't seen an adaptation. You know, obviously that really captures what Stephen King was going for. Even the first Steve, even the first Pet Cemetery, while yeah. good and classic in its own well, well, you know, it's a it's a decent movie. I'm not gonna yeah. say it's good. But uh it was you know fun. I have fond memories of it. Was it was fun I'm, in a yeah, way that fun. this movie isn't in my opinion. Right. Like it, there, it, it it's like similar but it had a it had a soul to it that made it more fun than this. Right. Um we still haven't seen like I think the version of the story that could be told, but at this point like Yeah I agree. I don't know if we'll see it. Uh but there is there is something that lives on through all of this, and that's I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery by the Ramones, <laughs> because that was the that was the song that was at the end of the original Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. and then there's like a I think there's another Ramones song at the end of this movie. I was listening. I, I didn't like fully check, so if somebody knows, fact check yeah. me. But um, there's another Ramones sounding song at the end of this these credits, and then the song was redone. The original. Pet Cemetery song was redone for the for the eventual remake that we saw in like 2017 or whatever it was. I think it was 2019. 2018. 2019. I don't know. What are years anymore? uh, Yeah, I know, right? It was from the before times. That's what I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The uh, that song is just like it's bad, but like, God damn it, I kind of love it. (laughs) It's such a bad song. Well, it, this was reminding me of the the conversation we just had about the old guard, because <laughs> um, you know I was noticing the, the fact that this was like a movie sound, like the, the soundtrack to this movie, for the most part, was a bunch of like real songs with, with right. lyrics, right. blatantly saying like, I want to be dead like Jesus, I want to be dead like JFK, and like the, the lyrics to it were like directly relating to things. I'm like, okay, this does feel kind of like a music video. Damn it, James, you've ruined yeah. this for me now. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's okay. There, I will say though, like early on, I don't know if it's part of the same songs or not. But it was, when it was more instrumental, I actually thought it sounded pretty good. It kind of reminded me of like a like a '90s ballad, um, mm-hmm. and I felt like it actually fit the tone and it fit the time period. Um, yeah. It was when the words Which, came in that that weren't great. 
Yeah. And like, I'm all for diegetics. Like if they turn the radio on and the song's playing or whatever, like that, that makes more sense to me. And I feel like that is like sort of more, there's more effort put into like getting that song in the movie. Yeah. Cause it's in fiction. Yeah. Right. Like I'm fine with that kind of stuff. It's just like, sometimes it's kind of jarring uh, to hear and, and then other times it works. So, so it's really just like a subjective thing. How about the fucking dog head woman? that keeps showing up it's like his mom with a fucking dog head on oh and then the like was was the cop trying to have sex with the rabbits because like he was like obviously like a perverted sexual being in general looking at him like yeah he they were like humping and stuff and he was like oh yeah Yeah. he's like getting into it and stuff and (laughs) gus character man everything about him was so terrible i was like they really made me hate this fucking guy yeah yeah, but uh, the and weird, then he yeah, shot the a weird, dog. <laughs> like even right, before yeah. he shot the dog, I was like already on fuck this guy to the moon. Like it was wild. Yeah, but the the weird dog head and everything, like that's the stuff that like, you know it doesn't really work. But like, I mean, props for trying yeah. to go. Weird it was kind of funny though. Like, yeah. I, if I look at this movie as something that you can like laugh at, then I guess it can work in that way. Like, and, and I, I like I will admit, I think this movie knew what it was. Like, I think Mary yeah. Lambert knew what she was making when she made this movie. And it sounds like what she wanted to make wasn't going to wasn't going to work out. And she didn't want to not be attached to the project because she directed the first one. So she was kind of just like, let's make it work. Yeah. And let's just make it wild. Yeah. Seems like. <laughs> uh, oh, so the point I was going to make, there was a scene where Jeff wakes up from a nightmare where he sees his mom sitting in the rocking chair looking at him. And he wakes up and he's all startled and he looks over and it's instead the the dead dog who's come back and it's sitting right. in a rocking chair. Yeah. And that's more normal. That's one place. And he goes like, ah, OK, no big deal. And he lays. Back I can down. go back to sleep. Yeah, it's insane because he's like, oh, yeah, that's that's more normal. That's more that's more my speed. I don't know why I was worried about mom. it. Yeah. And it's like growling and its eyes are like gleaming yeah. orange. The dead and stuff. zombie dog is growling at me and sitting in a rocking chair. Uh, that's normal. Oh, man. So funny. Yeah. And then, yeah, there is a, there is a zombie rape scene uh, that yeah. was pretty off-putting, and I was surprised to see that in this movie. But Rough. It was I rough. I mean, I guess it's not super explicit, but, man, it kind of goes there a little bit. Well, pretty regardless rough. of how explicit it was, it was, like, very much a rape scene, like, like oh, hardcore sure. rape scene, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, no good. It was bad, man. It was, like, it was just weird and crazy and, like, I think shocking for the sake of being shocking. And that's one of the, and that's one of the things I'm saying when I, when I struggle to just have fun with this movie, it's that. It's, it's right. like seeing something like that or seeing a dog being put down or seeing a dog be shot and, like, knowing that they're handling real animals, like... All of those re- reasons are going to keep me from actually being able to have fun with this movie. Like, because yeah. like, I'm all for a fun gore fest if if I can actually have fun with it. Like, it's it's uh, shocking to say the least, but then it also leaves you with like that bad taste in your mouth where you're just yeah. like, Ew, that wasn't enjoyable for anyone. Yeah, it just makes you feel bad, which is is not good, generally. Yeah. What about the fucking blue sex scene? We talked. <laughs> like, everything goes blue. He's having sex with his wife. She, turns out she has a dog head. Then he wakes up and, and the dog's is on dog. him. And yeah. she is a dog, and then and then she bites him, or the, the dog bites him, and it, and it's real, and like he pulls out a gun and shoots at it, and he's like, oh, that dog, but like, it never transitioned out of the blue dream. There was instead just blue light in the room for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. So weird, man. Like the language of the movie just didn't make sense. It was non, it was literally nonsensical. Yeah, very weird. Uh, like I said, there's like a weird like sexual vibe to the animals in this. Like I don't understand why do- like animals are being associated with human sex and stuff. Like it's just yeah, it's like off putting again to 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 add another thing to the pile. What is it? What is with the giant walk in 
addicts in like horror movies. Why is there always a fucking so classic. huge? I mean, I want. I always wanted one growing up. It'd be cool, you know? I guess. It's got a like fucking regular door to it. There's just like wispy like, curtains blowing through it at all times, and like, what is with these attics, man? I, I just don't get it. We saw some other movie recently that had an attic like this, didn't we? It was probably uh, it was The Exorcist. That's what it was. There was yeah. like a pretty massive attic in that movie too. Yep. Uh, it's just so schlocky, but like, it, I can do schlocky. This just right. didn't quite strike that tone that makes that, that makes it yeah. fun. And again, I like all the things we've said against it. I'll give it credit that it was it was weird as hell. So I'll remember it for that. You know? Certainly was fucking. He takes a dr- screwdriver, like a power tool, and drills it into the guy's arm at one point. He walks in and the, and like the the whole house has been transformed and there's just fires burning. There, there's fire bur- fires burning in like the last one, yeah like three or four different big scenes. There's just yeah. random fires. Crazy. Oh, and, and then and, how can we forget the the his mother like burning to death at the end and like dead and, dead and, is and better. Dead is better. She seems fucking paralyzed for some reason because she's just standing there, not moving, and yelling at them. Yeah, it looks like she's melting like wax too. Yeah, but there's even a weird scene where she, he's getting ready to go, and she, you can just see her legs as she's standing up on the bed, not moving. And I'm like, what is happening? And then yeah, the the dead is better line. I actually kind of hated it because it was deliberately trying to be an inversion. But I don't like that you're doing that. It's like it's like don't fuck with that line. Like when when he says, "Dead is better" in the original Pet Cemetery. Sometimes dead is better. He's saying that like sometimes it's okay to let something be dead and not try and resurrect it. And 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 I think metaphorically, like trying to in your mind relive things. It's like sometimes it's okay to move on. So it has like all this l- emotional layering to it. And instead here, it's like flipping it around. It's like, sometimes dead is better. Come join it's like, me. Call, exactly. Oh, Calling man. people to, to kill themselves almost or be dead as well. It's like really weird way to yeah, it, use it. It completely undercuts the original line and the original message behind it. Right. I don't know. I mean, it was still kind of fun. <laughs> I, don't know. I, can, I will say it was tough. I was watching the movie with like both my dogs around me and I'm like mm-hmm. constantly reaching over and petting them. I'm like, I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> it was just, it was, I don't know. Like I said, that first half, I think I would have turned the, turned the movie off. I would have um, too. But, but the second half is weird enough to like have it be, I guess, worth having seen. And I agree. Like, I don't think like, anybody needs to run out and see it but if you're a big horror fan and you kind of want to know what it would be like because i've seen plenty of worse horror movies than this even so yeah if you're into like extreme horror too you know like just gore fest and stuff because i think that's kind of what this movie turns into i mean it is what it turns into in my opinion so if you're into that you might find it interesting just know that the movie doesn't have much of a soul to it so it's it's it's, in my opinion it's kind of rough but um yeah, that's Pet Cemetery too. Um, I do feel like I know more about Pet, Pet Cemetery now, though. Like you know, the universe, uh, all the things that have been made about Pet Cemetery, I feel more complete. And like, I don't like this movie, but something about watching this made me want to also go watch another movie I don't like, which was the the remake of Pet Cemetery, and see if there were any sort of if if the filmmakers for the new Pet Cemetery saw Pet Cemetery one and two and saw the sequel and maybe threaded in a couple of like references yeah. in there sort of head nods or something like i don't know if it would be worth going back to watch it for that reason but maybe yeah no that's a good point i mean they might have threaded some stuff in there uh it it does give me it 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 was weird that we covered pet cemetery in a way in which we didn't watch these movies before covering the new one 
because it does feel like a big piece of the puzzle was missing for for us you know what i mean of like the zeitgeist puzzle i see what you're saying yeah I mean, yeah. like, I had seen the original. I feel like I was, like, pr- a you pretty average right, Pet Cemetery viewer. So, yeah. like, I think people going in had, like, the memory of it, like I did. And sort yeah. of, I think I even remembered the original Pet Cemetery. Uh, yeah, and, like, you mentioned it. Was it. Better. You mentioned it. I, I, do, but I, I do recall that. Yeah, but I, re- I think I remember it being better than even when we went to do our rewatch for the for Patreon, like you, yeah. it even was. Well, that doesn't surprise me, <laughs> considering yeah. when the movie was made and, and what kind of movie it was. But uh, in general... Uh, this was fun covering it, at least. It led to a good conversation. I enjoyed that. Hopefully you guys had fun with this bonus episode. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, probably don't need to now. You've probably heard enough about it, <laughs> unless you're curious. Um, and stay safe out there. <laughs>